Welcome to Beer and a Movie, the podcast where we talk about two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies. Sometimes we achieve outstanding pairings, and other times we give ourselves the opportunity to wash the terrible taste of failure from our mouths. I am your one of your co-hosts, Carlos Cooper, with me as always. I'm Joe Hilliard at a low six high five. <laughs> and this is Dave Gurney, and we are here to talk about beer and movies, and as always, we like to start off opening up a beer and this time can i just talk about my jubilant reaction to seeing this sure and with every that's a beautiful bomber with every single element that i have discovered about this bomber become even more excited excited about it the first thing i saw was caramel caramel macchiato i'm sorry i'm taking this from you no caramel macchiato milk stout i saw the artwork that looks dope and then and this is something that you don't see on beer a lot i'm I'm from the record world, so this is something we see a lot. But this is a numbered, limited edition bottle. That's right. How many bottles they make? They made three thousand, and this is number two thousand three hundred and twenty-eight. And it was bottled on February twenty-seventh, two thousand nineteen. So it's it's got a little age to little, it, not a ton. Little. And then Joe noticed that they even give you pairing pairings food if you're going to eat the, if you're going to drink this with some food it should be a dulce de leche cheesecake if you're going to have some <laughs> that's specific if you're going to have some cheese with it it should be beecher's flagship reserve and if you're going to have it with cigars it should be a la riqueza uh, bellicoso fino cabinet and it says to serve at 57 to 61 degrees i'm not a cigar guy I think but that sounds guys, good. i don't want to freak y'all out but that i brought dulce de leche <laughs> <laughs> No, but this is so. This is from a Carmel uh, Macchiato w- a milk adroit, adroit Theory, and they are out of Virginia. I'm not sure exactly where, but um, yeah, th- this is I think my first beer that I've had from them, and it is a considered a sweet or milk stout. So we'll, we'll be looking for that, and it's definitely pouring dark like a stout should. Mm-hmm. And, and why did we choose a dark beer for this episode, David? Well, you know, Men in Black, right, is is what we're going to be talking about. Men, Men in, in Black, Black International, International, and then uh, and then maybe a little bit about the series in general. Uh, this this new huge release uh, coming out to sort of reboot the series. Mm. Yeah, but um, it's also a sequel and a spinoff as well. It is. It's it's, it's sort of all of these things. Yeah. Y'all are yeah. rushing past this beer. Take a whiff. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely getting the caramel. Whoa. That's a big caramel flavor. It smells delicious. That is... There's a lot of expectation, Carlos. We'll see how it lands. Yeah. I mean, that's like if I got like a caramel frap. Yeah. From a unnamed chain coffee retailer. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what that smells yeah, like. Yeah, it does. I mean, that's it, it bananas. That, yeah. Well, um, it's not bananas. It's caramel, but... So, the, the other reason I picked... So, obviously, a dark beer for Men in Black makes sense. Yeah. Um, but also, the name Imagination Atrophy... I, I was sort of thinking, like, okay, like, we keep making these films over and over and time after time. Are we time maybe... Put a long break between a franchise right. to, to yes, what, what appears break, to be a reboot? I'm, I'm, I guess I'm setting the stage here. Yeah. Like, is this a worthy entry, or is it just a studio trying to make more money on something that they've been able to make money on, and right. they can't come up with anything new? Right. Tommy Lee Jones is not coming back. Will Smith is not coming back. So if we get a couple new people and the same concepts that we're, we've seen for three films prior to now, will people go buy it? I bought it. 
Yeah? You enjoyed this? Well, yeah, I like this movie quite a bit. And, and you were the big advocate for this one. I love... Okay. I, lo- I love the Men in Black franchise. The original is one of my favorite movies. Okay. Uh, it's the reason why I have Don't to kill... Don't you spoil that second half of this episode, my uh, friend. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'll save that next tidbit then. Yeah. Um, yeah, big big fan of the franchise in general. Uh, and so I was really interested when I saw that they were doing this. Um, and I got I was especially interested because I do like Chris, uh, Chris Hemsworth uh, quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from Thor, I thought he was really great in uh, Cabin in the Woods, one of my favorite, yeah. if not my absolute favorite horror movie. Uh, really? Yeah. Well, well, Interesting. That's, that's another episode. Yeah. Uh, and then that, I, that's going to be. I think uh, I think Tessa Thompson is great too. I've loved her and everything I've seen her in as well. And so th- the idea that they were going to you know take it international and do something new with what is already a good like base idea Mm -hmm. i was interested to see what they were going to do with it i might not have been like overwhelmingly optimistic that it was going to be great or Mm -hmm. i didn't i wasn't expecting to be blown away by it but i was expecting there to be some kind of a new like angle to it Mm -hmm. uh the different characters is nice i mean we have seen you know a female men in black partner with will smith in the second movie Uh um Linda Fiorentino, yeah, Fiorentino. So I mean, it's not entirely new, but you know, there was there was enough happening there that I, yeah, I was very interested in it, and I gotta say, I had a lot of fun watching. International gives you the idea that we're going bigger, we're going bigger, we're going broader, we're going more more aliens, more countries, more scenarios. Yeah, and I thought it was great. I mean, I I enjoyed it a lot. I liked the Chris Hemsworth character. I, you know, there's a twist that I kind of saw coming a little bit, but, you know, I think Tessa Thompson's good. I like the idea more than anything. And I, you know, I did, I read a little bit of uh, Tessa Thompson talking about the film. Um, The bulk of, the focus of that article I'll talk about in the second half. But in it, she says, like, I decided to take this movie because it was interesting to me that you have this character who has this encounter at a young age and that shapes who she is and she actively seeks out this like you know profession or this like line of work or whatever let's get minimally into plot i mean what are you talking about yeah so i mean we start the film with tessa thompson's character molly at a very young age there's an alien that finds its way to her home. Mm-hmm. Um, the men in black show up, neuralize her parents. They remember nothing but don't know that she's awake and experiencing it. Right. Watching and, from the upstairs bedroom. Yeah. So she's not neuralized. She retains that memory. And uh-huh. from there on out, she's trying to get into the FBI, the CIA. As she's trying to door- find out what this secret a, government agency is. Yeah. She's trying to use it as a doorway to the men in black. Mm-hmm. Gets shut down every time. Is called crazy. Yada, yada, yada. Finds them. Um, and that's kind of how she she markets her ingenuity of being able to find this unfindable agency right, as her right. door, her foot, the way to get her foot in the door. Um, and then Chris for, Hemsworth, hot, hot off of Marvel fame, is yeah, the, and Thor. Tessa Thompson. I mean, this is yeah, kind of she's a in Thor as well. Right? Yeah, is one of the uh, hot agents uh, in the Men in Black now. Yeah, and he's like the star agent as well. He's like right. the best they've ever seen, or like whatever. That's what I, but yeah. Um, I, I thought you meant hot. Like I wasn't talking about him with his shirt off, man. which you do get to see a couple of times yeah, in the film, is, if that interests you. Yeah, I mean, it interests me. He's an attractive man. But uh, but but so the, the first, you know, once you 
once they establish what's happening, you have these characters, uh, and they assign the first like kind of mission thing. That's when a key alien figure of a royal family is murdered, and then they have to figure out what's going on with that. Right. Why did he? Why did this happen? What is the impending threat to Earth? You mm-hmm. know all this stuff, and then things you learn about what's happening at that time you learn about things that have happened in the past uh-huh. that you know no people didn't know about and yeah. things go from there and of course did they have to save the world right right are you a fan of independence day uh yeah uh, it could because I, I imagine that that when you were a kid seeing the the big action movies of the day that first men in black was a big will smith follow-up or prior follow to up. Independence, Independence Day, Day 1997, first. height of his powers, height of, height of his Na- box office 99 powers. 99 Men in Black. You sure about that? No, 97. Yeah, I thought so. 97 was Men mm-hmm. in Black? Mm-hmm. When was Independence Day? Um, I think it might have been 96. Okay. Okay. I know Independence yeah, Day Yeah, because bang, 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 he was putting out, you know, and then Wild Wild yeah. West and the whole thing crumbled. As mm, far I disagree, as... but go on. That can't, that, that can't be the truth. That can't what? be the Wait, truth. Wait, what, what? What can't be the truth? You, you're a fan of that. Ball, I like. Ball, ball, let's ball, talk ball. about that later. <laughs> you know, I've never seen it, but the, yikes! I, I do remember it uh, being a, a box office failure. It yeah. was. So, yeah. Yeah. Independence Day was '96, and then Men in Black '97, right. Enemy of the State. Yeah, a bunch of big hits. So, so you enjoyed this? Was a good reintroduction to a franchise that hadn't been around for quite a while. Uh, yeah, it was. And I mean, I guess just a moment ago, I realized explaining the plot is kind of difficult. Cause of some, the, some alien stuff happens. Yeah, the rate at which things happen. Cool uh, guns come out cool of interesting guns, places. Yeah. and. But, you know, one thing I liked about this movie is the balance of reinventing the franchise or rebooting it, as it were, and the nostalgia of it. Because mm-hmm. yeah. there are nostalgic moments. Like, she pulls out the noisy cricket, uh-huh. and it's like, you know, this tiny gun. And she's like, what? And then she pulls out something else. You know, right. but it's just a very brief kind of like, hey, remember this? Yeah. We're not going to dwell on it too much, though. You know, right. they could have relied a bit more on that, uh-huh. and it right. would have cheapened it, and it would have made it less enjoyable, and it would have made it laughable in a bad way. Uh but they didn't. They balanced it well, and I think that that was uh, important and could have been a tricky thing to do. But I think they executed that really well and well enough that you know it was a fun action movie, it was a fun summer blockbuster movie mm-hmm. with decent enough acting, decent enough writing, a decent enough narrative where you could care about the characters and be worried about the stakes. You know, they were interesting enough, like alien figures brought in, like the woman with the third arm and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like that was a whole thing and. Yeah. You know, they go enough different places. You see enough exotic different landscapes, you know. They don't get too bogged down in the intergalactic politics of it all because, you know, there is that element of it at play, but, you know, they don't go the Phantom Menace route where they're worried about fucking trade embargoes or whatever dumb shit George Lucas was on at that point. So it's just, it's a... It's, Lisa going home. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice, it's a nice and well-executed juggling act that they pull off of having enough of these things to keep you interested in the plot, but also not get too bogged down in the details and just have fun with it. David, do you know what right. I'm going to say? He didn't I, like it. I don't. No, not necessarily. Is, is it you, an age thing? If you knew what I was going <laughs> to say, it's not an age thing. I, I hope it's not. Uh, uh, go ahead. What do you What do you think? So, okay. I, I will be totally honest. This is my first Men in Black experience really? that I've ever had. 
I, I went How back. Did that happen? I went back and watched the other one. Well, two of them. Yeah. Uh, be, before that, so I can talk in the second half. So uh-huh. what? Uh, with some knowledge. With our Tommy but, Lee Jones retrospective. Yeah. No. Office. So so I think <laughs> in the '90s. So this this you know the original came out in '97. I, that was the middle of college for me. Mm. I was a little too cool for school at that point. I wasn't going to go I see. I can't imagine how you escaped. I it. wasn't going to go see Kitty Blockbusters at yeah. the movie theater. Uh, you know, I'm. I'm. Saw I'm, the Matrix. If if I'm going to take a break from my summer job Art to, R, to go Kitty. see something, yeah, I'm going. I'm going to see something uh, a little bit headier, right? Yeah. No, so. You know, it, it was it was just a uh, between I, the Jarmusch films, right? Exactly. <laughs> You're not gonna exactly. So th- this, yeah, the, Men in Black, the original, didn't really speak to me. And then when the sequels came out, it didn't seem to make sense. So when this one came along, and we decided to do it, okay, this will this will get me to see it, and I have children, and I can bring them with me, yeah. and let's see if they like this thing. They enjoyed it immensely. I bet they did. They did. Um, I thought it was fun. I thought it was. Uh, you know, Carlos used the term decent enough, decent enough. He, he said that. And that's kind of how I felt. I mean, there was enough there to keep me going and enough there to make me feel like, yeah, that I'm enjoying this. This is good. But as soon as it was over, it was kind of over. You know you know what I mean? It didn't hang with me. Uh, we, we were talking uh, in, in our prior episode about The Dead Don't Die mm-hmm. uh, that, um, you know, it was a film that even if we didn't like it, which some of us didn't really, that there were some things to think about and chew on and that maybe you'd go back to it later and watch it again. Coming out of Men in Black International, I don't feel like I ever need to go back to it. I don't think it's something that I'm going to find something And given the in. box office, you may not have a chance. Right. But, um, but for what it was, for an afternoon at the movies mm-hmm. with some popcorn and some soft drinks yeah. and all that, it, it, no beer, soft drinks. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. It was... Uh, it was fun. The it was fun. I did. I really did appreciate, and I know it was a nod to the kids, and I know it was all that. The Pawnee character, uh, voiced yeah. by Kumail so Nanjiani, I found very. He hilarious. was funny. I mean, that was a funny character. First of all, that Kumail the- Nanjiani. I think is one of the funniest guys out there these mm-hmm. days. His film, The Big Sick, which was mm-hmm. out a couple of years. Mm-hmm. I love that film, and I can't wait. There's this new one coming out, Stuber, mm-hmm. that I'm, that I'm With kind him of ex- and his real-life friend, Dave Bautista. They yeah. have very I, close real-life friends. I heard friends. that, yeah. So I'm excited to see that. Him in this film actually kicked it up a notch, and it made it a lot more fun for me. So I think that was great. I like Tessa Thompson a lot. I yeah. thought she was fun. The Chris Hemsworth character was okay. I like him. I didn't love the character necessarily. He's there to cause problems. Yeah. You know. I think so. He provides conflict right. by being aloof and kind of stupid. Right. He's a charming guy and he plays that well. Yeah. He's so good. But but so, you know, if I'm going to put this, and I know we don't have a rating scale or anything uh, like that, but I definitely put it kind of in the mid, like if, if we're on like a... I don't know, whatever. If we're, on a, if we're on a five-star scale or something, I'm putting this at like a three. You know what I mean? I feel like this is a solid, entertaining afternoon at the movies if you're in Three the means average it. in your scale. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It means no, like... I think it's above average. I think Two and a half. Just above average. It's right. just I think above. It's, I think it's one of those films that like, it did not disappoint me, but it did not surprise me or... or prod me in in any way that's going to make me want to go back to it top three things about this movie i'm gonna be quiet okay chris hemsworth charm the scene where he's saying 
pull out the muffler and then a new gun that's bigger <laughs> so and better fun. comes out. That's fun. Yeah. And that Will Smith nor Tommy Lee Jones made a cameo and some kind of winking nod to the yeah. previous They are in the painting. Trilogy. Yeah, 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 yeah that's because fine. it exists in the same. That's universe. the Hall of yeah. Fame so of like, Past yeah. Men in Black. Yeah. Otherwise, it's a movie for children, written by children, and it's just, <laughs> it's just bad, by bad, bad. Oh. And, I'm, and I'm done, and we can just move on. Okay. Well, yeah, I don't know right. if we can move on. I, I have rebuttals. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I, the oh, Pawnee well. character is an alien that, on his way to Earth, found the how to talk cool American slang talk uh-huh. book. Because it's just, it's getting into the universe that they create. Yeah, but all the so number yeah. four no, of no, the no, 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 but but all the, now that I've watched some of these other ones, I mean, because they're not even in America. This is international. They find Pawnee in what Marrakesh? Yeah, okay, they do. Yes, but come on, speaks perfect you, English and knows all the cool slang that all the kids know. Yeah, but are you gonna get that it's bogged a down? Fucking in the- Burger King <laughs> uh, 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 character for the Happy Meal. A are you gonna King get that character. bogged down in the details? Yes, of something like this. Yes, <laughs> because I've seen to- better <laughs> alien movies that don't do that nonsense. It's a movie by children for children. <laughs> Men in Black International. I sorry. Okay, I, I'm right. Okay. You're not. I think it's a movie. It's a it's a by serious adults for serious. It's a movie by Hollywood for families. And so is Raiders of the Lost Ark, a fantastic action movie, roller coaster ride made by four children by adults with a fantastic script and not stupid plot holes and nonsense and a twist you can see a mile from a mile away. Okay, I agree about the twist. And Liam Neeson is fantastic. One hundred percent agree about the twist. Did see it coming. I mean, miles and miles away. Mm-hmm. Everyone, no matter where they go, in Raiders of the Lost Ark speaks good English, very good English. So if we're gonna get bogged down about that kind of stuff, not also, the dude that gets shot that's got the sword in his hand. He didn't say a word, my brother. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He doesn't say a word. Hold on, hold on. They well, use I, they do use some terrible accents though too. They so. do use some terrible <laughs> accents, which is probably more offensive than anything. But but that's also a that's also a movie that is set in a real world yeah like a real th- time period it's a movie for children Carl. wait are, are you are you he, saying that we don't harbor alien refugees here look, in this i'm not saying on this earth i'm not saying yes or no i don't have the, <laughs> i don't have the information as you you have listened as, to enough art bell and to, he might have uh, he might have been neuralized coast to coast as, as tom DeLong once said on joe rogan's podcast you don't know what i know can i tell you the number one thing about if this you movie knew is what I, hold on go ahead no you go ahead fine whatever the alien that she saves at the beginning. I love that. Happens to be. Yeah. Do- no, it doesn't happen to be. Dose has Machina. to be. Has, has to, be. to be. No, it has to be you in order. You knew that. You didn't know. Come on. You A knew child that. would write that plot point. A child would write that, would write that plot point. Let's but, drop him in the place where he has to change everything. No, okay. Molly? It's dumb, guys. No, here, it's dumb. Here, it's not dumb. But I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. It's not dumb. It's a simple story. For children. For it, for it, for it to be. To sell Happy Meals. That's neither here nor there. Okay. Uh, it's it's not that it's dumb. It's just simple and it's executed in a very simple, easy to ask understand me if way. I had fun. Well, I'm not going to ask you because you don't like fun. I you had, don't like silly. I had fun. I, 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 I had fun. I had fun. I had fun watching. This yeah, because it's fun, and that's all it's supposed to be. I think. I think that's the key thing to this movie is that's so, all that it's supposed to be. So it's is not Gremlins, supposed to be heady. God damn, that's exceptional. 
Have you watched that movie recently? No, I know it's it's it, it's a victim of the of the, <laughs> of the technology that they had. The, I mean, well, I mean, it's good. Don't get me wrong. I watched are, it for the first time. Three Christmas. simple rules. Three. Simple. The new batch is actually really good too. We we, we should go to okay, Grammys at some point. Anyway, go ahead. Go but ahead. it's a it's a good fun movie, and that's all. Would, the, and that's you all knew it's supposed I wasn't to be. Gonna like it. That's no. my job here. But but I think I'm the one. In fact, when we were preparing to do Booksmart, which came out about a month ago at this yeah. point i guess uh-huh. um i had i had tweeted some stuff about it yeah. and i had talked to some people about it yeah. and they were like wait you liked a movie uh-huh. <laughs> like everyone i talked to was like you liked a oh movie? you're the resident cynic. so i'm the guy oh. i think by the listenership's consensus the thing that you do on this show is that you come out hard at the very beginning about why you don't like it for a real long time <laughs> if you don't like and then it, me yeah, and david right. go no we kind of liked it and then our job <laughs> is to convince you that it's awesome and right. i like to hold back and after y'all gush well, i go yeah i, I think didn't like it i i feel like Let's and i kind of predicted well partly because you were excited to do this yeah, one we'll get that and we'll get into that but i also yeah. it, it brought me back to last summer and when we were doing uncle drew and space jam yeah. and thinking about okay this is going to tap into this uncle drew's of, a movie i've watched again since then too I'm it's sure. a good because you wear that love on your sleeve before we watch the well, movie but but also like think about like there's something you know, wrong with that carlos is a child of the 90s and he is going to that nostalgia that's there for maybe you with Indiana Jones is there for him with something like Men in Black? Yeah, Look, except that I can tell you that Crystal Skull is garbage. Only '90s kids get it. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah but you know what? Crystal Skull was garbage. Right. <laughs> I think Men in Black International not garbage. I don't just I don't not know. made for you. Yeah, and, and and I don't even know that. Not- but yeah, it was. I mean, because they, you had fun. The, no, because those movies are going to go as broad as they can. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, yeah. the purpose yeah, yeah. of yeah, those yeah, yeah. movies to catch you're every right, single right. dollar of anyone that's going to the movies that day. Right. Yeah, it's like a tattoo. Which, and, and if we talk about Men in Black in the future ever, I'll tell you my feelings on the very first movie. Well, we will. But oh, we but, will. But very briefly. <laughs> but you know, back, before we kind of move on. Yeah you've kind of alluded to this film has not been doing that well right. at the box office. Right. I mean, it's not crashed and burned necessarily, right. but it's not meeting expectations. And it is kind of interesting. Is this kind of, does this signal that the series is petering out? That, they, I, yeah, that it doesn't I, I have not, that? Man. I just don't feel that there was a men in black void that needed to be filled. There's always a men in black void that needs to be filled. I mean, not by this, the, this, this movie didn't I fill the void. I will say the concept, Money-wise. the concept of this secret With agency. With Chris Hemsworth in it, who just made a ton of money for the Marvel franchise. Well, yeah, but come on. It's yeah, not it's not all him. Yeah. Oh, I mean, oh, oh, oh the, the, other, the fifth thing that's awesome about this movie, the lead actress was fantastic. And I'm looking forward to seeing what she does. Tessa in the Thompson. Yeah, she, yeah. she, she done was, Ben. She was great. Yeah. She, 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 and she was in Annihilation. We did that show. Yeah, she's right. great. We did that movie on the show. She's great. Yeah. She'll, she was good she, in that too. She'll keep being great. I wasn't on the show right. yet, but and so I don't know. Anyway, it, it'll be interesting to see if this is sort of uh, a low point in the series, or if it two was the worst one. Having seen all four several times except for this new one yeah. two is the worst okay but I but I'm talking more like box office yeah that's okay. a, you know, is like, this is an it, entree to is, a new is this to a something restart? that mm-hmm. is going to sink the series and make it so that the studio doesn't want to make anymore or is it Probably, going to I would say we'll see We'll I would see. say. Um, but the beer, though. But the beer... Is By this beer. time in the conversation, our beer glasses are typically empty or close to. And there's a lot of beer in all three well, of our glasses. it's a bomber. It's okay, a bomber. Yeah. It's more, a few more, more quantity. More, yeah. Okay, because when I filled this up in the beginning, yeah. I filled this to the brim. Uh-huh. Normally, I go halfway. Yeah. We go halfway. Mm-hmm. I went all the way to the brim. And then when you filled this up again, we all went straight to the top okay. again. 
So there is a lot more quantity wise in this. God damn, there's a lot of caramel in this thing. Yeah, it, it, I find it delicious. It is yeah. delicious, but it's like um, cloying. Well, no, yeah. it, I mean there's some some stouts, especially stouts um, that are so rich that you really don't want more than like I don't know eight or ten ounces of it or right. something. Right, because it's just Agreed. a lot. Right. I mean. Like this, the, the the one that always comes to mind, and I know I've mentioned it before, was, is the Mostra Double Cavernous from Weathered Souls that we yeah. had. I mean, that thing was, it was 16 some odd number percent. It mm-hmm. was so syrupy mm-hmm. that I didn't even have a full uh, snifter of it. So right. not even a full four ounces. And when I finished, I mean, by the very last sip, I was like, okay, I just got to throw it back. Because it's just, it's delicious, but it's so much. And right. this one does, I mean, it's this beer is jam-packed with so much caramel flavor yeah and is really thick and caramel and coffee yeah and i and i will totally agree with you this one isn't as high in the abv right it's a seven percenter seven point seven yeah is it yeah and so the you know it's not quite as taxing that way it doesn't feel as boozy but it's definitely got all the body and the heft that you would want in something like that so i agree with you Drinking whatever it is, I, I'm, I'm not going to do the math right now. But you couldn't solo like, dome this. No, right? I mean, th- drinking like seven plus ounces of this is pretty much where I want to be. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be drinking. Is that the intention a of the pint? brewer? They're going to sell you a bomber. They're selling it to you to drink in a crowd because you can't handle more than seven ounces. I think a lot of times, especially with these adjunct stouts, yeah. I think you're making them to share. Yeah. I don't. I don't think. But we have had our could, share of high ABV stouts with a lot of adjuncts that we would drink two glasses easily. So maybe. it's just a maybe. It's, it's just a choice of. Well, I think. It, I think. I think. Um, we're making maybe, it big. We're making it bold. I think maybe it's not as much that when they're brewing this, they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna brew this. People are gonna share it with each mm-hmm. other." I think it's an exercise in being. As bold, as jam-packed, full of flavor, and as interesting and remember and as memorable a beer drinking experience as one could have, and it just so happens that when you do things like that, you tend to get this really rich, bold, yeah. crazy flavor that because especially because not just us, but everybody's beer drinkers are not accustomed to downing pints of that kind of stuff on a regular basis that maybe we are not as conditioned to drink larger quantities of it so it becomes mm-hmm. this kind of communal and, and especially because it's such an interesting and noteworthy beer drinking experience it's something that you do want to share with people you know yeah. you don't like i wouldn't i wouldn't be happy if i bought this bomber drank it all by myself and then just went around telling people about it because they would not they wouldn't have the the context they wouldn't have had that experience you know like me explaining it to somebody isn't as enjoyable an experience as me sitting here with you guys and drinking it and us all having that shared communal kind of bond over having such an exceptional beer drinking you're calling it exceptional you're calling it exceptional i think I mean, it's I, exceptional i think yeah. it's especially this is delicious especially for what they were going for Find i mean, this crushed beer. it yeah. and i don't think that i've ever had a beer with as much caramel mm-hmm as this I but mean, it's this not, is it's not crushable it's not no, crushable no, no. It's, 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 it's not a, <laughs> this, is a, this is a slow sipper it's a slow sipper for buy sure. a campfire ideally cool yeah. cool you know, I mean, you know one th- thing that they didn't mention for this 
S'mores would be a great compliment, I think. Sure, yeah. I, I love think, that. I think that could work. But it, but I absolutely agree that this is one that, uh, and we don't have that luxury here in uh, South Texas in the middle of uh, summer. I'd like some dulce de leche cheesecake, personally. That sounds, that sounds fantastic. <laughs> maybe a nice cigar. <laughs> the cigar would be nice. Well, maybe we'll go and have a cigar on the back porch during the break uh, while we kind of reset <laughs> here and get ready to talk about the Men in Black franchise or series or however we want to think about it. Uh, and and crack open another beer when we get back. All right. Welcome back. Uh, We just did... Men in Black International, but that's not the only Men in Black movie ever made. Back no. in 1997, the whole franchise began. Crusty Tommy Lee Jones, hot box office popper Will Smith. They get together. He's the 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 guy who's just a natural athlete, recruited into the idea that we're going to neuralize people and save the world from aliens. And Carlos, this is your favorite movie ever made. <laughs> uh, uh, that's actually not that far. He is on record. That's yeah. actually not that far removed from the truth. Just behind Space Jam. Uh, yeah, okay. Real recognize real. Space Jam is hard AF. Um, but before we get deep, before we get deep, we have to crack a beer, which is, if you can hear anything uh, in the background of this episode, you have heard me do already. And... <sighs> David really is putting us through it today. He brought, uh, is Orville the brewery? Orval. Orval is the brewery? Yes. It's right. a, so, okay, so it, it it's, it, I'm very David, confused. David, what the hell are we doing? No, no hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm just confused because it says there's a Washington State address on the bottom, right, but it's also a certified Trappist product. So that's that's who imports it, right? Okay, so, so it's a Belgian brewery. It is a Belgian brewery. A this monks. Is, this is one of the few Trappist ales, okay? So you, you for our We've talked about this before, I think, on have the show. We? Have we talked about Trappist I, ales? I think, I, I think we've talked about... I think we have. I think okay. we've gone very briefly into it. Let's pretend right. like we didn't. Let's start over. Go ahead. All right, I'll edit that out. Right. No. So leave it in. The, Trappist ales are ales brewed by monasteries, and there are only a, a few of them mm-hmm. around the world that really have this Trappist designation that that can you know sort of proclaim that they are this sort yes. of ale and correct me if i'm wrong but similarly to what we have in america as the independent brewing sigil there's also on the bottle and some kind of iconography to denote that this is an authentic trappist product right and that it is brewed by monks under these certain circumstances yes and, right, absolutely. And that has to do with it being, it has to be brewed in a monastery, correct? Yes. And is there some kind of water sort of thing? I don't believe it has to do necessarily with the I thought the, there was the like a well water, water type, like it had to be water from where the monastery is or something. I, I could be making that up. Entirely. I don't know. I don't know. But it, maybe that's part I, of it. And I think, I think some of the, I think to get the Trappist designation, the money that's generated from it has to go back into keeping the monastery up and stuff. Like there has to be some kind of nonprofit aspect to it. Right. Currently, there are 11 recognized Trappist breweries in the world that carry that designation. Six are in Belgium. So there's West... West... (laughs) 
West Floor Levin. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's terrible. Um, it's we- tough. We have it's five tough. more of these. West Mall, Akel, Rochefort, Orval, and Chimay. Okay, and Chimay, Chimay is yeah. probably the one that most people have seen on sure. shelves. Orval, you can, find, you can find around here. There are two in the Netherlands. There's one in Austria. There's one in Italy. And then uh, one in the USA, and the and the one in the USA, I believe, is the most recent. Um, but but whatever the case may be, Orval is one that has been around for a long time. Um, I believe brewing since, and we've got three of them. Right there, there's documentation back to 1628. But um, but what we're doing now, because this is a beer, actually, so this is one that actually I see what you're um, doing has a unique strain of yeast. It has Brett. Okay, Brettanomyces. Brettanomyces, yeah. um, Which we've talked about, I know, mm-hmm. on has the an unpredictable show before. It has an nature. unpredictable character to it. Tends to kind of, you know, it's it's uh, bottled with it still living, and it's still kind of doing work on the beer. So these are beers that people will sit on and kind of cellar for a little while. Mm-hmm. And what I did was I bought a bottle back in 2014, 2015, and 2016. And where'd you get, the, where'd about, you get these? It was a local uh, store, local okay. town. So you, they, they, these have been in your personal cellar? Yes. And you've been waiting for an occasion to bring it And out. I was thinking, here we're doing this, look back at this series of films trilogy. over the years. Um, yeah, a trilogy from the past. And I thought, well, let's bring out this series of beers over the, you know recent past 2014 2015 2016 wow and uh and give them a try so it's gonna be a four beer episode which is not a record but it ties yes it's close maybe we crack a fifth at the end just to set it (laughs) just a chart just a chart (laughs) so as we taste (laughs) as we taste through this series we're starting with the 2014 and we'll go on to the others as we're talking um Let's uh, let's let's talk about this uh, series here with uh, Men in Black. Men okay. in Black, as I said in the first half of the episode, a series that I was not—I mean, I was familiar with right. from afar. Right. I knew I knew it was going. You on. couldn't have escaped it if you lived while premise. it came out. Sure, I remember the this. Song. Was the summer movie of the year back in yeah. 1997? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, again, like I said in the first half, following up with this like breakout success of of Will Smith, yeah. who became for the 90s. The Schwarzenegger of the '80s, as far as box office draw, Independence Day, the yeah, Men in Black film, big action star doing yeah, big yeah. numbers, charm, humor, yeah, just a great guy. You yeah. think? Is Men in Black his kindergarten screen. comp? Do you think? No, 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 no. I don't think so. I think it would be. More, I was just kidding. I was just kidding. No, no, but it's a good analogy. If we're talking about uh, 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 Arnold, Men in Black would be his. Kindergarten cop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this movie comes out in 1997. Will Smith, um, he is owns pr- the world. He is proving, yeah, he's proving himself to not just be a rapper, to not just be the mm-hmm. Fresh Prince of Bel Air, mm-hmm. but to be a bona fide action movie right. juggernaut. And he and he had had you know Bad Boys and yeah. Independence Day. Oh yeah. So the, the, there was already some good. In fact, what was the release date? Because he became the king of July Fourth. Was that right? He oh, became yeah. the king of July, okay. yeah. And I've, yeah. I've I've seen interviews with him talking about it, how yeah. like you know that was like a thing for him. But he has, I mean, at this point, he's proven he's nothing to scoff at as right. far as as film goes. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. He, and, and with Gemini Man, we'll see if he still has it. Is a movie coming out soon? Yeah. Um, this movie comes out. Him and Tommy Lee Jones mm-hmm. paired up. They're the Men in Black. It's the secret government agency of guys who wear black suits that deal with extraterrestrial life forms mm-hmm. on Earth. Uh, protects the Earth from the worst scum of the universe. 
uh, as the the song would suggest. Um, and it's, uh, I mean, it's a sensation. I mean, like yeah. I, I mean, I was five when this movie came out, right. and I remember it vividly. Right. It this the first Men in Black movie is the reason why to this day, no matter what is happening in my home. Should the need arise, I have to kill a cockroach because Kylie's definitely afraid of them. And it's because from the film, it's because of the first Men in Black that she's so definitely afraid of cockroaches. I could be asleep in the bedroom, and Mm -hmm. if she sees one, Mm -hmm. I'm woken up. You got to take care of this. Wow, and it's not even a horror movie uh, featuring cockroaches. No, but he is that character's really gross. Yeah, I won't. Vincent D'Onofrio in a very, very interesting role. He, I mean, God, he. Maybe he's not underrated. Maybe it's just my generation. But I feel like we just don't have enough appreciation for him as an actor. For Vincent I mean, he crushes in this movie. He's so, so good in it. It is weird. It was funny to see him in that role. And, you know, I, after Full Metal Jacket, Law & Order, Criminal Intent, and then more recently, Kingpin in Daredevil to go back, especially for someone that didn't yeah. see it at the time. Right, right, right. To see him after all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As this cockroach man, David, yeah. you're our computer guy. What what had gotten Tommy? What was the breakout again for Tommy Lee Jones? Of course, coal miner's daughter and other things. But right. what was the thing that happened well, prior think to this? The fugitive was probably fugitive, a yes. huge, yeah. huge moment. And that right. I I will say I did not even look that up on the computer. That was just I right off the top from right. the from the nineties, right. living through them. The fugitive, the fugitive created a career for that man. Of well, it it reawakened I mean, or, or sort of created I'm talking new taking phase, him to that level phase, of being yeah. able to handle Gave him a second wind. multi-million dollar paychecks mm-hmm. for movies. The 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 magnum opus for Tommy Lee Jones and I'll fight you outside if we need to is of course can um, be arranged. Do what? Can be arranged. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 fuck me, Cohen Brothers. Come on, no country for oh, no. thank okay. you. <laughs> Not, it, so much of a magnum opus, yeah, you don't yeah, even yeah. remember the name of the film. Not the movie Fuck Me. <laughs> That's a fan. Good movie. <laughs> yeah, good movie, but not Tommy Lee Jones. Um, um, so, so here he is at the height of his kind of box office powers following and certainly um, uh, cashing in on the, right. the, the uh, success of The Fugitive. So to, to, to set up how we get into the franchise, right. what we have is... As you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. a naturally athletic and somewhat inquisitive, you know, beat police officer basically in Will mm-hmm. Smith, mm-hmm. who encounters this alien life form right. and, you know, is then He would normally be neuralized. Uh, yeah. But because of his, you know, natural abilities and his be just able, ability to keep up with the aliens. Keep up, but his gen- but also, you know, his uh general inquisitiveness. He doesn't just take anything, you know, he's like you know, ask questions and, you know, whatever he's brought into this group of people that are there to apply for and try out for the men to be a man in black. And it's really, I think the, the shooting scene where he's like looking at all these different aliens, he's like, Oh, that guy's just, you know, working out. He's just doing pull-ups or whatever this guy, but her, what's, what's she doing with those textbooks? Like Mm -hmm. that's way too advanced for her age. And they kind of see something in him, bring him into the fold. And then that's when Vincent D'Onofrio's cockroach man starts to wreak havoc upon New York and is trying to steal the spacecraft to like whatever, and they want to destroy the planet Earth, so they mm-hmm. have to save us from our impending doom mm-hmm. in the shadows mm-hmm. without us ever knowing about it. You get a very lovable kind of um, ragtag group of office workers and those weird worm dudes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get a very kind of offbeat. Um, 
you know, especially in the scene, the way it's presented, you think this guy is the alien, and then it's actually the pug mm-hmm. who mouths off a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, fuck. Uh, Tony Shaloub yeah. yes, is, yeah. uh, you know, a pawn, a pawn shop purveyor slash arms dealer. Right. Like, I mean, there's just so many different elements of it and so many different people that make it what it is and that make it fun. Mm-hmm. And the story's interesting. I mean, there's this whole... And the effects... The effects are good, but I mean, I, and then I think Tommy Lee Jones's character is really interesting, and like he has more depth to him than Cynicism. what you would normally. Cynicism. Well, he's a cynic, but he's a cynic that also is nostalgic for the time in his life when he felt some kind of wonder, right? And you know, marveled at the vastness of it all, and right. would look up at the stars. But as an older think, man, he's seen it all, he's and he's got a job to do. Yeah, and now mm-hmm. it's just you know going through the motions and everything. So you know, you have depth with that character, um, David Cross. Yeah, David Cross, um, Rip Torn mm-hmm. as like you know the head of the agency. Yeah. Or whatever. I mean, there's uh, the, and then the you Liam know, Neeson role, the Liam Neeson, yeah, um, or the Rip Torn role that Liam Neeson ends mm-hmm. up playing, and then you get Linda Florentino comes in as this kind of like she works in a morgue but then her and will smith start vibing and it's like yo what's up like i don't want to neuralize you girl what's the what the thing do you know <laughs> um, but there I, there's just so many good elements to it that it just work. i mean it just works it holds up i mean i watch it all i really do watch it all the time i mean i have where the room we're recording in right now you know, now it's just a podcast recording studio. But when you guys aren't here, I mean, there's you know it's musical instruments set. There's musical instruments set up. It's where I do most mm-hmm. of my music production, and I have a TV in here with a VCR so that I can put stuff on to set a vibe. And <laughs> if I come in here and I don't know what I want to do or like what I'm going to work on today, I put Men in Black. Did in. you say the movie came out when you were four, five? Did you have an appreciation wow. of it at five, or did you have to watch it again when you were say ten, twelve, to thirteen, fifteen? I was definitely single digits when yeah. I saw it for the first time. I don't remember. Ex- I don't remember the exact moment. Yeah, it's like, like I don't remember an, another movie that came out that same year, not as good or nearly as successful. Mm-hmm. But Joel Schumacher's Batman and Robin, mm-hmm. uh, another movie from the same year that I don't remember seeing for the first time, but it was just such a like regular part of my viewing at that age, at you know a young age. It was just like a part of my life for, you know, probably between the ages of six and like 12 or whatever. I watched those movies all the time. Right. Um, so, no, I, I mean, I don't remember seeing it for the first time, but, you know, it. I, I was aware enough of the franchise that when the second one came out, I was excited and I went to the theater to see it, you know? Right. Um, I anticipated the second one when I saw the trailers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, David, we, as having seen it recently in 2019, yeah, you're seeing time, it as a full-grown adult full in, grown, 20, in 2019, right? Um, you, you know, so going into it, um, I watched the first Men in Black before seeing Men in Black International, and so, so you, you wouldn't get confused by the script, exactly, <laughs> because All it was convenient right. to watch. And it, you know, it was an entertaining, fun little concept. Whoa, that one was. A I didn't. I, I opened up the. No, 2000- that's okay. That's yeah, okay. I didn't do it, man. <laughs> I just this opened is, up. Well, that, that is. <laughs> I didn't do anything so, wrong. So Joe has just cracked the 2016 or. And it was a geyser. And it was a gusher. It was a gusher, I, I, and uh, that Brett is very active. My towel is. Uh, See, isn't that interesting? That over time. Wet. The other ones have Your towel has gotten to work today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, watching it for the first time, 
it it was kind of what I expected. I mean, let, let me. It it didn't um, it didn't wow me, yeah. but it 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 was the entertaining experience that I expected it to be. How dated let was me, it when you watched that. it for the first time? Um, a little dated. I mean, it's definitely got the kind of '90s Will Smith vibe no to doubt. it. No doubt. Um, there there is like. Do you know the difference between you and me? What? I make this look good. There. Okay. Yeah. There. There. You I are. make this. I mean, that line is hard. <laughs> That line is so good, and actually, I referenced an article in the first part of the episode about Tessa Thompson talking about the film, yeah, and the nostalgia balance yeah, and all that yeah, stuff yeah. that I talked about. So one of the things, actually, the headline of the article was Tessa Thompson wouldn't repeat this line from Men in Black or whatever, mm-hmm. and it wasn't in the it was- script. And it was something she had considered before taking the role already. She had already thought about the iconic Men in Black moments that, you know, okay. they could make her try to recreate or whatever. It wasn't in the script, but then on set. At some point, somebody was like, "Why don't you just try it out? Why don't you just say like, you know, mm-hmm. the difference between you and me? I mean, we don't this have to good. use it. Uh, you know, we don't, you know, whatever." And she was, she wouldn't even say it. She wow. was like, "No, I'm not doing it. I don't want it in the DVD. We don't, we don't need that. Like, you know, whatever. That's, that's Big Willie style. That's, I'm yeah, going exactly. For Big Tessa style. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, It's a different character. It's a different time. It's a different tone. Yeah. Like, it's a, you know, a whole different thing. Like, we yeah. don't, you know. And she, and she refused to do it. But yeah. that's yeah. one of, I mean, it's. See, no, it's, I could, it I, could I could go through. I mean, I could spend the next hour just talking about great moments from that first Men in Black movie. Yeah. I mean, the one of there's a wonder to it. Yeah, yeah, there is. There's like and the I, vastness I, I, of the universe. We don't know everything. Right. Like, and, you know. and when you see a special effects laden film for the very first time, when those special effects are still state of the art, right? It, it, it may not translate when you're used to every year's special effects uh, going getting uh, better, getting and better, better and bigger and cleaner and and less obtrusive. So that's why I asked you, David, how how it, how it stood up was this, no, the I did. You know, the effects didn't strike me as being dated. Uh-huh. Um, if if anything struck me as being dated, it was more the lingo and the style. Like sure, you know, Will Smith, the way he dresses in the early yeah. parts of the film, with like the orange pants, yes, and the sweater tucked tight. But, but at the time, no, at the time, at the time we that all was, went that out was to get drip. Orange, yeah, we all that was a drip. Yeah. He he would have been like cutting edge style mm-hmm. fashion, you know. Now looking back, okay, that's so nineties. That, that as opposed to watching Chinatown, when you look back at the style and go, "Damn, it looks great." Right, well, yeah. you know, right. Well, that, I've never. I mean, it. it looks dated in its own way, but it's sure, but, but it's dated to and, a pe- clean, period before right. I was around. I mean, like, I mean, it's, it's it's like going back and watching Dick Tracy. Yeah, timeless style, which is a style. <laughs> uh, but when you say I'm just, I'm just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> no, when you say that's pretty well done. I mean, I think, but but actually, you kind of land on something interesting there. I think it's you know when you have those those films or those things that are set in a time period before mm-hmm. you were really there for the fashions. Yeah, then I think you kind of accept. Oh, that was another era. That was it. Yeah. But when you see something that was of an era that you lived through, right? And you had. There's a and they're little, doing their best to look as awesome as possible. Right, yeah. right. So the, there is a little bit of that yeah. that goes on. But in terms of the actual effects and the you know sort of design of the alien, I I thought that was all pretty nice. And the, I mean, I mean, and but I think part of it is the weaponry, it's ni- yeah. the weaponry. But part yeah. of it's because it's '97, so you have a lot of practical effects. Like in the very beginning, like Big Willie's first day on the job, he has to deliver this alien baby, mm-hmm. and the thing that pops out 
of the alien onto him is this like squid looking right, thing, but it's like right. a real thing. It's not yeah. CGI, you know? And yeah. so he's like holding an actual, a puppet, anim- like a, yeah. whatever, like, but it's like a physical thing that existed mm-hmm. on set with him. It wasn't a green like ball that he was, you and know? I, and I and didn't, so that stuff holds up just the way John Carpenter's movies hold up because it's mostly practical. And effects, I didn't take you know? the time to watch these films like David did because he hadn't seen them since Fucked I had up. seen them. But, but the, the, the puppet inside the head that's controlling the entire body. Yeah, when they're doing the autopsy. That is a really, really effective scene that I remember as being very awesome in the movie Super well done. And that scene still, I mean, you watch it today, 2019, 22 years later, still holds up and there's not a point where you're like, oh, that's So it makes a bazillion dollars. We're going to do a sequel. Fuck ton of money. We're going to do a sequel. Mm -hmm. And here comes uh, Josh Brolin. No, 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 no. no. Is that part three? No, the sequel has Laura Flynn Boyle and Johnny Knoxville and Rosario Dawson. And Tommy Lee Jones. And Tommy Lee Jones. But Tommy Lee Jones not as much because he's retired retired. at the end of the first movie and so now it's Jay. He comes back for number three. That's the Josh Brolin, right? It's Jay and Linda... Fiorentino, right. uh, who are partners, and right. they're trying to solve this thing. I and remember. I don't remember the plot. Of the I remember one. diminishing returns. I remember the second it being one not for sure. As good as the first. The second one was not nearly as good. It's the lowest point in the franchise okay. as far as quality goes. I think Men in Black International is better than the second one. Okay. The only thing that saves it is just that. I mean, I don't know. I You're love back it. for another ride with I the mean, friends that you have already. And and at the time, having Johnny Knoxville in it was interesting and kind of fun. You know. Um, this is like the height of Jackass. They're making uh-huh. sequels. Uh-huh. Like everyone loves him. Like you know whatever mm-hmm. he's starting to be in other movies like The Rundown or uh, you know whatever else. Right. Um, but it's it's fine. It's not great, but it's fine. Yeah. The third one is where it ramps back up again and gets good again. Okay. That's where Tommy Lee Jones is then played because it's a time travel movie. So they go back in time, and Tommy Lee Jones's character is played by Josh Brolin, and he does an amazing young Tommy Lee Jones. Right. He, he calls Will Smith slick the whole time, and it's mm-hmm. so fucking funny, like the way he talks. It's set in the '60s. Yeah. You have Jermaine Clement. I did as not the, see that movie. You have Jermaine. Yeah. You have Jermaine Clement as the big bad, Boris yeah. the animal. Mm-hmm. He's fantastic in literally everything he's ever been in, and that. That is a return to form for the franchise in my mind. It's fun. Like, there's a plot that you can follow. There's emotional stakes in it. There's, you know, a, enough stuff going on. But at the same Bill time... Bill Hader is Andy Warhol. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, there's so much... Because they get to go back in time, they get to have some fun with it. Right, yeah. So there are some fun moments like that. What was the year of release? Anybody know? That was 2012. That's okay. what I thought, man. Yeah. It was, it was, it was fairly... You I, need know, to start, I need to start just declaring things that I believe. Because I wish you, I would have just gonna said You're going to be that. right, yeah. It, I will agree with you. I watching those three, the the first one I found really charming and fun. The second one did feel like a little bit of a dip, but but I was surprised by how much I liked the third one. It's so I mean, it really is so good. It's I think the the time travel element definitely brings something. Um, Josh what's his Brolin, name? Michael Stuhlbarg, uh, Stuhl, is it Stuhlbarg? I don't the, know. Yeah. Anyway, I don't he, know who that is. Nah, uh, he's he's been in a number of things. A serious man, by by the Coen brothers, but uh, he, he's a great it. great actor. Oh yeah, you should check him out. Um, no, the Coen brothers, as well as Jim Jarmusch, which we talked about last week. Coen brothers, there are some very big ones in their canon that I haven't seen, yeah. and I know it's a glaring hole in my 
film appreciation. Yeah, Stuhlbarg. You yeah, t- you got time to fix. He it. he's the alien that can see Maybe. into the future. The the one who ends up they're yes, at the baseball yes, stadium. Yes, yes, he can yes, see. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. that character's so good. Yeah, yeah. And then there's some really fun um, like tech things too, like those. Uh, those like motorcycle things that are just one big wheel that right. like, go over you or whatever. And it like, brought in the fun. Emma Thompson character, which yeah. carries over into the new it, yeah. Men in Black, which again, another. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, the third one is, I mean, maybe people were tired of it by then and maybe that's, they should have looked at that. And maybe, well, maybe the second, well, the, the it, dip you in know, quality. To, could, to be yeah, honest, be that too, but in terms of box office, it was the biggest grosser. It was really? the one that Men made the three. most money. Does yeah. this I come didn't in, know did, that. Did this... 2012? 2012. What year did uh, No Country for All Men came out? Because that Brolin like 20, and Tommy Lee Jones in that movie together... They're back together again in a weird way. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, they, I don't for know. Real. It's a it's a good point, but do it's, it's funny to think. Um, I don't think they do. They won the Academy Award. I mean, no, no, Country for All Men was huge. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. It, it, I like No Country for All Men, Dave. I don't know what your problem is with that movie. Film. It's a great. No one film. has a problem with the movie. Think, Stop being so defensive. I, Fuck No Country for All Men, David <laughs> Gurney. Said. I think maybe ten percent of the audience for Men in Black 3 had seen had it. seen No Country for All Men, or maybe even heard. I'm not included in that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you so, are, so, you know, you so, are that. So, Carlos, but anyhow, it was it was funny to see this and think like, okay, this. It was interesting the story they were telling there over the course of those three films. I do think again, the second one maybe not necessarily uh, an important part of it, but it was fun to see how they brought it back for that third one. So you watched the second one recently. Yes. What's it about? I don't remember. Uh, Laura Flynn Boyle comes down. She's a big bad. Yeah. And then Rosario Dawson is a princess at the end. Yes. I I couldn't tell you, to be honest. I mean, stuff happened. I was was watching Because the plot isn't great. No, it isn't. And and the basic idea is that, you know, well, Tommy Lee Jones is retired. Oh, no. Laura Flynn Boyle was there the first time Aliens touched down and the Men in Black were created. Was that what Maybe, happened? I think I there was know. some element of that. And it's, she's coming back as she has this weird relationship with Kay. Yeah. I, I think... I could be making all this up, but no, I think that's what it you're, is. You're how did right. it end so that Will Smith's not back for International? Like, how I didn't did see the, part three. How did it end to where he's not, like... There was not... In a, the universe they created, no, I don't why th- is he There wasn't a definitive there end wasn't, to his no. character, no. no. But, I, but, it, but in Men in Black International, it's not that they... They never say he's done. Right. They he, never, he might be off on assignment somewhere. He could, yeah. yeah. I mean, they don't They don't bring a definitive end. They right. don't acknowledge a definitive end to his right. character in Men so in Black glad he didn't International. Pop up. Me too. Uh, but, and, and literally, when I say that I'll see anything Will Smith is in, I mean it. I mean, I went to the midnight screening of After Earth. That's wow. the kind of Will Smith fan I am. That's a bad movie. Right. Uh, and so, so, even though I'm as ride or die Will Smith as they come. Mm-hmm. Big Willie style is literally all in it, as far as I'm concerned. I'm glad he didn't show up in Men in Black International because that would have been really cool. It would have been such a yeah, it was so to... cheesy. Man. Yeah. Well, we we watched David. You literally watched three Men in Black Four. films very recently. Th- though I will admit to that, you know, as Carlos was quizzing me on the second one, I was watching the second one and third one fairly distracted. Maybe you in, had drink. Maybe you had had three. Beers. Maybe I had had a bunch of Orval. No. So here's three beers. We've never done that before. David just goes, here's one, 
Here's two. Yeah. He, here's a third one. Well, he li- so he literally said, "This is a series. Here we go." And yeah. this is the the way that I feel about this. So that you know, the reason I purchased these bottles is for years I had been I had had Orval before, mm-hmm. um, but for years I had been hearing people say like, "Okay, but the Brettanomyces it stays alive. It it sort of works on the beer and it's going to change again it over yeast, time." Yes, exactly. Right? And so when you taste it. Three years down the road, four years down the road, five, it's going to be different. It's going to have some <laughs> different characteristics, and so I wanted to experience that myself. So this and is an here, investment for you. Here is this, yeah, a, a, a time small investment, one, a time investment yeah. for sure. Yeah, um, but um, but it was it was pretty interesting. I mean, the for me at least, the 2014. Was the best by a large margin, the, I would say. The, yeah, the first one, the first, yeah, one. my favorite was the 2016. The really, la- the see, now the opened, 2016, yeah. I was feeling like I almost couldn't drink it really fully. I'm I mean, I did, it now. <laughs> but it was, it had like more of a bitterness to yeah. it, and it, and it wasn't. I mean, all of this with the Brett has a sort of funkiness to it mm-hmm. that. I think you know a lot of drinkers aren't necessarily going to love, um, but if you like farmhouse ales, if you like things yeah. that are a little more wild in nature yeah. and that and that sort of bring in those flavors, then you're you're probably going to like it. But the 2014 had really kind of mellowed out in this way that it was kind Where's of it smoother at? drinking. Give me another sip. This one is that 2014. Yeah, I think okay. that the 2014 is the best. Um, and I think they get more tamed the more recent that you let's get. Let's talk generally you think about more the tamed, style, okay? Because I think that one has the most flavor, the the boldest flavor. It's more tart. Okay. I don't know if that's the right word, but I definitely got more out of that 2014 than I did the 2015. And then going from the 2015 to the 2016, I felt like it got a little more mild in that transition as well. So I'm definitely, the age has done a lot for this beer. Yeah, it it definitely changes. I mean, you you taste it and and having these three different years, I think they all have unique flavors to them. I just don't like the other two as much. It's interesting. I mean, I think with the 2014, I'm getting a little bit more fruit character from it. I mean, there's like almost a... Like a little bit of a... But none of these are flavor-bursting beers, especially if you consider the first half of this episode, we want well, no, caramel, macchio, right. milk, stout. No. These are getting back to the basics of, 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 of beer. It's, Water, yeah, yeast. Yeah, right. Water, yeast, malt, malt. and that, malt yeah, I mean, that's kind of where you go. And then, but but it is the character of the yeast that's really kind of steering this ship. Yeah. And, the, and, and that's what you get. And I think yeah. where... Where, I mean, I like all of them. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I said the 2016 is the one that I would find the hardest to drink. I still drank it. Mm. It's it's just a very different kind of experience when it comes to these kind of beers. Yeah, I got to say 2014 is the best for me. Um, but these are fun beers. I think I it, would... It is fun to try them side by side. through the... They're, they're calling like them all a 6.9 ABV, no matter what year that it came out. Uh, 6.9. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to recover from you. <laughs> That's a tenth of a 69, Carlos. I'm not even sure how you... <laughs> you put the number 6 and 9 next to each other. It's funny, always. Always? 
Yeah, always. I, I got, I'm gonna I'm gonna gift you the next time I see you a Waterburger 69 table tent. I hope so. I've got one in my house. Fuck yeah, it's gonna be yours. Wow. Yeah. Let's edit all of that out. Yeah. Anyway, I'm keeping it. Okay. Anyway, uh, okay. So where do we go from here? Which we, we you David, you pulled out three beers all yeah. at one time. We've never done that before. A 2014, 2015, 2016, all Trappist month. I gotta tell you, I'm not eager to try any more Trappist beer. I didn't find it that well. That, overall enjoyable compared to the flavor profiles that I see from a more American standpoint craft so beer situation. keep in mind Please. that within the Trappist beer mm-hmm. designation this is a singular entity I mean I don't think any of the other ones actually incorporate Britannomyces mm-hmm. so they're going to be a little more straightforward I know you've probably had a Chimay at some point I have is this popular? And the Orval? Um, is this a thing around I the think, world that people I think look forward to for, every year? For those who are very into beer, mm-hmm. that yes, this is something that people know You're about. Have it I remember, I think the first time I had it was drinking at the Hop Leaf in Chicago, which yeah. is a bar that kind of uh, specialized early on in Belgian beers right. and having those. So. This was one that was on their list always, and that you could, you know, kind of have. Um, it's it's a different experience. I mean, Brett beers are not like your typical Saccharomyces beers, which is the typical kind strains of yeast that you're going to have um, fermenting your beers. So it's going to bring in different things. It's going to feel a little drier. Uh, yeah, it's going to be very good word right, to, to describe it's, it. It's going to be a little bit um, more kind of funky uh-huh. and perhaps bringing in kind of weird notes that you wouldn't expect. Um, but I, I don't know. I find and it fascinating. And it's easy to find because we, we had it all the way down it here. Is. It's, yeah. you, you can get this. I liked it. Will you continue to buy it. them yearly? I think I might do another series. And do you and ma- have maybe maybe when we do a franchise again in a few years. Do you have more at home? Uh, of these? Yeah. No. This is it. This, this is it. You tapped it. I shot it with us. This Delicious. Time. Yeah. Thank you, David. Well, let us know if you're a fan of uh, Belgian Trappist beers. Or let Big Willie style. Or Big Willie style. Let us know what you thought about Men in Black International, what you thought about, or what you have in the past thought about the Men in Black series as a whole. And as always, you can tell us about all of those uh, thoughts that you are having um, on social media. So you can find us at Twitter at Beer Movie Show. You can find us on Instagram at Beer in a Movie. And you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash beerandmovietx. As always, beerandmoviepodcast.com is our home base. And if you were listening to this on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and subscribe to the show so that you can stay up to date on when we drop new episodes every week. And if you could, please go ahead and rate and review the show we know you're going to give us a five-star rating but go ahead and just write a little review about what you like what you don't like what you want to see in the future we're always looking for suggestions on what beers we should try that we haven't kind of themed episodes that we can do because we have enjoyed the themed episodes we've done in the past um but other than that i mean i think uh that's it for this week big willie style was in fact all in it <laughs>